You know how there are some shows, like maybe The Office or The Simpsons, where it can be just as fun to reference episodes as it is to actually watch them? Well, some books are like that too. Whenever I ask anyone about Amelia Bedelia, they start giggling and telling me about their favorite shenanigans the main character gets herself into. I was just reading the one where she goes camping. Then the funniest part to me was when the Mr. Rogers is like, we're going to hit the road. And of course, she grabs a stick and she's like, OK. And she hits the road with the stick multiple times. And, you know, it's so funny because it is about language. And if you're a non-English speaker and you're learning English for the first time, that would be of course, why? Where did that expression even come from, hit the road? It made perfect sense that that's what she did. Or there's the Christmas one. When, you know, they ask her to greet the aunt with carols, and Amelia Bedelia runs out and she gathers a bunch of kids named Carol. <laughs> and so they greet the aunt, which is amazing because the aunt loves it. And when Amelia Bedelia decorates the Christmas tree, they want her to put a star on top of the tree, and she can't figure out how to do that. And she just puts a mirror on the top of the tree and with a little sign underneath that says, you're the stars. And when you look into the mirror, you're like, I'm a star. Some of it really just transcends just funniness into pure like artistic and literary genius. I'm Lindsay Jacobson, and this is Remember Reading from HarperCollins a podcast where we talk about classic children's books. We're going to spend this episode talking about Amelia Bedelia. It's a picture book series originally written by Peggy Parrish about a maid who's not very good at her job. Meg Cabot, who you just heard from, is the author of the beloved and hilarious book, The Princess Diaries. She says Amelia Bedelia's shortcomings never really bothered her. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. We'll also hear from Herman Parrish. He's Peggy Parrish's nephew, and he took over writing the series when she died. Everybody's had sort of like an Amelia Bedelia moment, you know, where you've taken something literally or misunderstood something. I think people can relate to that also. We're going to take a quick break to hear about another podcast from HarperCollins. This one for adults. On the Book Club Girl podcast, Two book lovers chat about great books with interesting authors and their listeners. They ask the questions. In each episode, hosts Tavia and Eliza discuss a book and interview the author using questions submitted by members of the Book Club Girl community. And bonus, every listener whose question gets asked wins a free book. Upcoming guests include Susan Wiggs, Gregory McGuire, and AJ Finn. If you're a bookworm looking to add to your reading list or simply love all things literature, listen to Book Club Girl on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, let's start by spending a little time with Amelia Bedelia herself. We initially meet her on her first day of work as a housekeeper for Mr. and Mrs. Rogers. As they head out the door for the day, Mrs. Rogers gives Amelia Bedelia a to-do list. You do just what the list says, she tells Amelia Bedelia. Let's listen to the audiobook. Now, let's see what this list says. Amelia Bedelia read, Change the towels in the green bathroom. Amelia Bedelia found the green bathroom. Those towels are very nice. Why change them, she thought. 
Then Amelia Bedelia remembered what Mrs. Rogers had said. She must do just what the list told her. Well, well all, right, all right, said Amelia Bedelia. Amelia Bedelia got some scissors. She snipped a little here and a little there, and she changed those towels. There, said Amelia Bedelia. She looked at her list again. Dust the furniture. Did you ever hear tell of such a silly thing? At my house, we undust the furniture, but to each his own way. Amelia Bedelia took one last look at the bathroom. She saw a big box with the words dusting powder on it. Well, look at that, a special powder to dust with, exclaimed Amelia Bedelia. So Amelia Bedelia dusted the furniture. That should be dusty enough. My, how nice it smells. Next on the list is draw the drapes. Amelia Bedelia gets a sheet of paper and draws a picture of the curtains. Mrs. Rogers asks her to put the lights out. So Amelia Bedelia carefully unscrews each bulb and hangs them to air out outside. When Mrs. Rogers asks her to dress the chicken, Amelia Bedelia puts it in lederhosen. She interprets every direction very literally. Then the Rogers get home and see her handiwork. Mrs. Rogers was angry. She was very angry. She opened her mouth. Mrs. Rogers meant to tell Amelia Bedelia she was fired. But before she could get the words out, Mr. Rogers put something in her mouth. It was so good, Mrs. Rogers forgot about being angry. Lemon meringue pie, she exclaimed. I made it to surprise you, said Amelia Bedelia happily. So right then and there, Mr. and Mrs. Rogers decided that Amelia Bedelia must stay. And so she did. Mrs. Rogers learned to say, undust the furniture, unlight the lights, close the drapes, and things like that. Mr. Rogers didn't care if Amelia Bedelia trimmed all of his stakes with lace, all he cared about was having her there to make lemon meringue pie. Amelia Bedelia is a singular character. She's quirky and lovable, earnest and chaotic. And it turns out her creator, author Peggy Parrish, was a little like her too. Peggy was born in Manning, South Carolina in 1927. She graduated from the University of South Carolina and taught in a couple different states before moving to New York City. She landed at the very fancy Dalton School on the Upper East Side. She used to tell Herman stories about her students. She had a lot of famous students, parents and students. Like she told me that she would go over to uh, have dinner with Kirk Douglas and his wife Anne, 
and because uh, they were parents in the class, and they would talk about uh, how little Michael Douglas was doing in school. One time, Herman was talking to her, and she said one of her students was on TV on Saturday Night Live. I said, well, who, which one is he? He goes, he's the one who keeps falling down all the time. I said, Chevy Chase? You had Chevy Chase? He said, oh, yes, yes. I said, I can't imagine him, you know, because every teacher's nightmare is like the class clown. I can't imagine having Chevy Chase in your class as the class clown. But she said she didn't mind. He made all the teachers laugh, even though they had to hide it from the other students. Her students gave her something else, too. There's one version of the Emilio Bedelia origin story that goes like this. Peggy Parrish would call up her editor, Susan Hirschman, and they would discuss all the funny things her students said and the silly vocabulary mix-ups she overheard. Amelia Bedelia, with her very literal take on the world, was born from these conversations. But after Peggy's death, Herman heard another origin story from a cousin of Peggy's. He sort of took me aside and he said, you know, I know where Peggy Parrish got the idea for me, Bedelia. And I had never heard this from my aunt. And this, this cousin who told me this was, has been known to stretch the truth. I thought, you know, so I'm pretty skeptical. I said, oh, yeah, where did she come up with the idea? And he said that at the Rogers house, you know, there's Mr. and Mrs. Rogers in the book. They're the people who own the house and they're the people who hire me, Bedelia, in the first place. Well, there really were a Mr. and Mrs. Rogers. They were her grandparents. Every week, the whole family, which was pretty big, would come over for Sunday dinner at the Rogers house. The Rogers had a full-time cook, a housekeeper. And then there was a younger housekeeper who was really good at sports and baseball in particular. But she was kind of hopeless when it came to housework. And so when they would get together for these Sunday dinners, they would hear about the latest mistake this young housekeeper had made. Like one time, Mrs. Rogers told her to sweep around the room. And so what she did was she swept just the edge of the room. All the dirt and dust in the middle of the room, that stayed there because she hadn't been told to clean up the middle of the room, too, or the whole room. And so they would laugh about this housekeeper. And it Sounds just like Amelia Bedelia. I said, well, did you ever point this out to Peggy? He said, oh, yes, yes. I told her what I suspected. And I said, well, what did she say? He said, well, she just kind of looked at me and smiled with this kind of smile that said, well, you know, you know, darn well, that's where I got the idea, but I'm not going to tell you. And it sounds like what my aunt would do. Herman says he also saw character traits of his aunts in Amelia Bedelia. She was very funny. She had this dry sense of humor. And just like Amelia Bedelia, she took things literally sometimes. Like one time she was walking along the street in New York City and she met a friend of hers and this woman said, Peggy, I haven't seen you in so long. How have you been? And my aunt said, I'm coming apart at the seams. And this woman said, well, I know what you mean. Life is so busy. There's never enough time. And my aunt said, no, 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 I'm coming apart at the seams. And she lifted her sleeve up, and, and there was a hole like where the sleeve joins the main body of the coach. That, in fact, I'm coming apart at, at this seam right here. And this woman laughed because she thought she was making a Bedelia joke. Again, my aunt didn't laugh at all. She didn't act like Amelia Bedelia all the time. But just enough times where you think, oh, I could see how weird she would come up with this. When Herman was in college, Peggy moved back down to South Carolina to Manning, where she was originally from. On breaks, he'd go down there to visit her. 
and there's a sign right as you get to the outskirts of Manning. So we were driving by this sign. It's like a civic booster sign. It said, Welcome to Manning, South Carolina, matchless for beauty and hospitality. And I read this out loud as we drove by. My Aunt Peggy said, it wasn't until I was in college that I figured out what they meant. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, matchless, as far as I knew, everybody had matches in Manning, South Carolina. And I, I started laughing because I figured, well, you know, she's making an Amelia Bedelia joke. But I looked over at her and she's not laughing at all. She's completely serious. And so uh, I thought, oh, <laughs> great, we've been living with Amelia Bedelia all this time and she's been going under the name of Peggy Parrish. Whatever the inspiration... An Amelia Bedelia manuscript landed on Peggy's editor's desk in 1962. Peggy had already gotten a lot of rejections, and in her note to editor Susan Hirschman, she wrote, Dear Susan, all I can say is, let's try again. Love, Peggy. And this time, it stuck. In her comments, Susan wrote, quote, I have always hoped Peggy Parrish would relax and do something that would be as natural as she always seems when she talks about teaching and children. And I think she has done it in this. Amelia Bedelia was published in 1963. It was actually the same month as the Kennedy assassination. There was a lot going on in the country then. And then the Beatles came that spring, and then which changed the whole music scene. My aunt, Peggy Parrish, took a lot of flack for Amelia Bedelia. It came out right when the uh, women's movement was, a lot of the uh, women in the women's movement took exception to Amelia Bedelia because here's a, a woman, she's a housekeeper, so she's in a subservient role, and she doesn't even do it right. <laughs> you know, she's incompetent. I've seen correspondence where she's going back and forth with various women saying, you know, look, this is a joke. Herman, though, doesn't see Amelia Bedelia as negative. Amelia Bedelia, you know, she makes a mistake and then she just keeps going on. There's no self-criticism. So in that way, she's kind of a role model in that she doesn't take herself seriously. She doesn't take anything else seriously. You know, it's just a lot of fun. And actually, more recent readings also see Amelia Bedelia as a hero of sorts. In a 2019 New Yorker article, Sarah Blackwood called Amelia Bedelia, quote, a figure of rebellion against the work that women do in the home, against the work that lower-class women do for upper-class women. By failing at all of her tasks, Blackwood writes, Amelia Bedelia subverts them. And when Blackwood reads the books to her kids at night, she marvels at how Peggy Parrish, quote, captures the feeling of women's work. Literal, unceasing, impossible to do perfectly, almost as absurd as dressing a chicken in lederhosen. We're expected to be good at everything, and women in particular. It's impossible. Like, you can't be good at everything. This is Meg Cabot again, author of The Princess Diaries. To her, Amiga Bedelia topples that expectation in other ways, too. Little Amelia Bedelia, she's pretty bad at a lot of things, but she's an excellent cook. She's very good at making cakes and little cookies and all that kind of stuff, which, of course, obviously makes up for her inadequacy in many other ways, maybe in following directions. <laughs> Perhaps she takes things a little too literally. So it's I think there's a lot of people who are like that, that we're maybe not so good at a lot of stuff, but really good at a couple other things. So that should make up for our inadequacies in other ways. That willingness to see past Amelia Bedelia's flaws is in all the books, Meg says. 
there's the themes that you see on the surface, which are the funniness of the misunderstandings that happen, but then love and forgiveness, because obviously in the end, she's always forgiven and, and everybody goes back to normal and everything is fixed in the end, which I think is very comforting to small children. They like to see that because whatever else is going in their lives, they'd like to think that, you know, everything in the end will be okay. I would like to see more kind of Amelia Bedelia type stuff where people's jobs are valued and where you get a sense of kind of comfort at the end of everybody gets delicious food or tucked into bed and has a nice feeling of being at home at the end. But I think there's a deeper theme, which is that we as a society need to be more tolerant of, <laughs> of people's foibles and respect one another for our strengths. Amelia Bedelia's strength is, of course, her baking. It makes up for the fact that she can't really do much else right at work. I really want to eat some of her cakes, too. My dream for Amelia Bedelia is that they just hire another maid and let her be the pastry chef so she doesn't have to do any more housekeeping and she can just bake all day and maybe be on the Great British Bake Off. That's my dream for her. The hero in Meg Cabot's book, The Princess Diaries, is in a lot of ways like Amelia Bedelia. But to understand how she got there, let's back up. We have to start with Meg's childhood. I loved the library. I lived basically at my town library. My dad was a professor and my mom taught elementary school. The emphasis really was on reading. Everyone in the house read all the time. Meg read comic books, cartoons in the newspapers, anything and everything she could get her hands on. Eventually, she started writing, mostly on days when it was raining or she couldn't get to the library. Fan fiction. She loved Star Wars. She wrote stories that starred her as Princess Leia's little sister. And at some point her mom was like, why don't you just make up your own worlds? And I was like, wow, that is great. I, that's really what I'll do. I had a lot of princesses that I made up that, you know, I won't say they were based on me, but they might have been. <laughs> Very empowered princesses who fought off, you know, the evil empire. But really, then it later on became that they fought off the principal of their high school and stuff like that. So her princesses were never waiting around to get saved by some hero. They were the hero. Yeah, I just was really interested in women in power and women who fought for what they believed in and spoke their truth at a very young age. Was Those were the kind of books I was really interested in. And they weren't always easy to find. The birth of the Princess Diaries tapped into this love for princesses. But she also borrowed something from real life. When Meg's father died, her mom started dating one of her teachers. And that was really disgusting and horrifying to me. When I do school talks, I always talk to the kids about how, how would you feel if your mom started dating your teacher? And it's really funny because they always go, oh, no, that would be terrible. Ah. And, and that was really how I felt, although I was really happy that she had found, you know, love later in life. So that was really the genesis of The Princess Diaries was a story of a girl who has to deal with seeing her mom dating her teacher. And I had shown it to a lot of people and they said, you know, this is enjoyable, but there's nothing that happens. She just, she's just horrified by her mom dating her teacher. And um, I thought, 
what could I make happen in the story? And of course I went back to my roots, which is loving stories about princesses. And I thought, wouldn't it be funny if she then, on top of everything else, found out that she's also a princess. The resulting book is about a teen girl named Mia Thermopolis. She lives in New York City and everything seems to be going wrong for her. Her mom is dating her algebra teacher. She's failing at math, fighting with her best friend. And then she finds out she's a princess. One of the questions I used to always get from girls when they would first read them, I mean, and boys read them too, but it was a lot of girls would say, why is she so unhappy about the fact that she's a princess? If that happened to me, I would be so excited. And believe me, I would too. I would love it. But I thought what made this story interesting was that this is the one girl in the whole world who does not want to be a princess. And she does not want to have all this attention focused on her. And she's deeply unhappy about it, but she has no choice. She has to suck it up and be a princess. And she's not exactly a natural at it. Her hair, her clothes, her boy troubles, none of it seems quite princess-like. Like Amelia Bedelia subverting the idea of a woman being a natural at keeping house. Mia Thermopolis turns the idea of what a princess can or should be upside down. And Mia, just like Amelia Bedelia, has her things that she's really good at. She has wonderful friends. She stands up for her beliefs, like being a vegetarian. And she's very responsible around the house. Meg says the two characters are really quite similar. They hyper-focus on the things that they're good on, and then they kind of just let everything else slide, which isn't to say that they don't feel bad about it. Like, they might for a minute or two feel bad about the things that they're not so great at, but they are both extremely good at other things. And those are the things that they just choose to concentrate on. It makes me kind of mad that people don't necessarily value them just because they're not good at certain things. The books have something else in common too. They're very funny. Well, humor in my family was how you got attention. You had to be the funniest at the dinner table in order to get anyone to even listen. Because was, it was a big family. It was me and I had two little brothers and then my mom and dad. And they're all very funny people. And so you had to joke around to get anyone to listen to you. When Meg took a creative writing class, she noticed that all the other students wrote serious, sad stories. So for a while, she kept trying to do the same. Finally... Her teacher pulled her aside. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I, you know, I want to impress people. And she's like, you write really funny stories and you have a really great gift for that. And that's really rare. It's very easy to make people cry, but it's really hard to make them laugh. So you need to stick with that. And I was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Because it was really hard. I was having a really hard time with the sad stories. She wishes there were more funny books in Kidlet. One of the reasons she loves Amelia Bedelia so much is because of the humor in it. There are hilarious twists and turns and language play. You can understand why she makes those mistakes because it's ridiculous. I don't even understand. Why wouldn't you draw the curtains? Why do we say those things? It's really hilarious. So especially to kids, but even as an adult, when you're reading it, you're like, yeah, you know, she's not wrong. She's really not wrong many of the times. Meg says books like Amelia Bedelia are just so joyful. It makes her think of Peggy Parrish. It's so clever and fun. And you can tell she's just having a great time. I hope she was having a great time because I had a great time reading it. And I really feel like when you have a great time reading something, it hopefully means that the writer had a good time writing it at least part of the time. It's all, of course, very hard for us. But (laughs) I think I hope she had a good time. Herman Parrish, Peggy's nephew, says that joy Meg feels 
it's probably accurate. My aunt gave me a collection of her books at a point in time. I made her sign each one. I'm really glad I did that. And for Ami Bedelia, she wrote, The Emergence of the Real Me, and then signed it Peggy Parrish. And I thought, well, yeah, this is really when she sort of came into her own as a writer. After Peggy died in 1988, the Parrish family for years kept receiving mail for her. Writers would contact us and say, you know, it's a shame for Amelia Bedelia to stop having adventures just because your aunt passed away, and they would volunteer to write new books. We thought, well, before we let Amelia Bedelia go out of the family, I would give it a try. Herman studied Peggy's books to really learn the character. And then he started writing his own Amelia Bedelia. And so when I wrote my first Amelia Bedelia book, I dedicated it to Peggy Parrish. I said, for Peggy Parrish, the real Amelia Bedelia. Amelia Bedelia is not always a housekeeper in his books. He writes about her as a child, for example. But she's held on to her lovable quirkiness. At this point, she's just sort of a member of the family because she's been in our lives for like now 57 years and she has quite a personality. For him, writing the books also reminds him of Peggy, his favorite aunt. It's sort of a way to be close to her even though she's gone. We found a clip of Peggy Parrish talking about how she came up with Amelia Bedelia's name. So hang on for that. But first, special thanks to Meg Cabot and Herman Parrish for joining us. For more about Amelia Bedelia and the Princess Diaries, visit harpercollins.com. If you love the podcast, let us know on Twitter at ReadingPod. Or you can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. We feature them in our newsletter, which if you're not signed up for that already... It's super, super easy. Head on over to rememberreading.com where you can sign up to get episodes, quotes, trivia, and more delivered to your inbox every month. Remember Reading is produced by Irina Zhorov and Stephanie Marutis of Kuvenda Media. Okay, ready? Here's a clip of Peggy Parrish talking about how she named her most famous character. She wanted it to be a double name. And every time I'd think of something, I'd write it down. But I knew that that wasn't the name. And then just out of the blue, the name Amelia Bedelia popped into my head. I knew that was it. I didn't have to write that one down. Herman says one time she told him that if she'd known this character was going to be so successful, she would have named her something simpler than Amelia Bedelia. For a long time, he didn't really understand why. Until he took over writing the books. It sort of takes up a lot of space in the story. You write Amelia Bedelia once, and in an illustrated book, it ends up being a whole line. It wasn't until I was writing these books that I realized, oh, that's what she meant. A reason both practical and silly, just like Amelia Bedelia. Thanks for listening. I'm Lindsay Jacobson of HarperCollins. Until next time. (laughs) 